We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Mike Tomlin, any moment now, our friend Bob Pompiani. Basically buying time right now, Ron, as the coach gets set to address the media. And honestly, the one question upon which all others would be based for me is, was Kenny Pickett medically cleared to play? You? Yeah, uh, hopefully somebody will ask him that, and hopefully he'll give an honest answer. I'm not sure either of those things will happen. Yeah, me neither, but I don't see how we can move on with anything because the people who say, oh, you're crazy, what are you talking about? If, you know, Kenny Pickett wasn't ready to play, wasn't medically cleared. Well, we haven't heard that. Jerry Dulac uh, reported that he was healthy enough to play. Mark Caballi was on the fan morning show saying he doesn't think this was 100% Tomlin's decision to deactivate Pickett, which only leaves, I mean, aside from he wasn't talking about medical clearance, he was talking about something else. One of two things you would have to draw from what Caballi said. Art stepped in and made this happen, or it's hard not to look at that and wonder if Mark believes that Pickett Said, I ain't backing up. What was it Gary Templeton once said? I ain't starting, I ain't departing. Remember that one, Ron? If I ain't starting, I ain't departing. That was the All-Star game. (laughs) For the All-Star game. And man, would that be a big story. So there's some definite mystery, at least, around Pickens based on what Caballi said on the Fan Morning Show. And, (laughs) wow, would that be a story. So somebody's got to ask that today. Was he medically cleared to play? And then why wasn't he your backup? If he was medically cleared, if we establish that, then why wasn't he? Because if he was capable of playing, then he's probably a better option than Trubisky as a backup, which means by deactivating him, you were lessening your chances to win the game. Correct? Correct. Mike Tomlin. I just don't and he, know that he's going to be forthcoming and say that. Yeah, me neither. I mean, he basically told everybody early in the year, sometimes I just mess with you guys. And then many, many people uh, believe that he was lying through his teeth when he said it was his decision and his decision alone uh, with uh, Matt Canada. Here's the coach. Good afternoon. As always, I'll start with a brief summary of our last performance. Um, because the turnaround was so quick, man, I hadn't combed through it um, in the way that I normally would. And so, you know, the analysis is probably more on the surface level. Um, but in doing so, my feelings are probably very similar to what they were uh, last night postgame. Um, man, it was an appropriate effort. Man, I'm appreciative of the, of the effort of the guys. Um, there, was cert- there was a certain way we needed to play in an effort to, to, to control that matchup, to control the environment. We felt like we had to win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Um, we had to run the ball. We couldn't be in one-dimensional passing moments. We thought the environment would be a lot to overcome if we were in one-dimensional passing circumstances third and long. We couldn't be highly penalized and do that. An effective run game would aid in that, minimizing the possession down component of it. 
And with the amount of weapons that they had on offense with Geno Smith, man, and the plethora of eligibles that he has, along with their running game, we thought possessing the football um, would be a means of controlling the game from that perspective as well. Um, we got some three and outs on defense. We possessed the ball on offense, and and so the game unfolded the way that it unfolded from that perspective. Um, still can't say enough about the contributions of, of some people that we're getting on defense in particular, um, guys like Eric Rowe, uh, Miles Jack uh, in particular, two weeks in a row, Pat Peterson um, playing safety. Um, you know, our depth is really being challenged uh, because of the attrition component of the game at linebacker and safety. And, uh, man, we're getting some quality efforts from some guys that hadn't been here very long, uh, might not be new to the game, uh, but are somewhat new to us. And the efforts and the production that we're getting out of that group, man, has, has been exemplary uh, under the circumstances. Um, what would like some more definitive stops. We kind of had a bend but don't break kind of approach. Uh, but at times, man, you you, you got to do what you got to do uh, based on how things are unfolding. Uh, but just appreciative of all the efforts, man. I just thought we played a 60-minute game uh, in all three phases. We complimented um, ourselves, each other. Uh, we played hard. Um, and, and things that you need to do this time of year as the road gets narrow. Um, and that was a desperate group on the other side as well. And so... It's just cool to, to rise up in those moments when you know it's a meaningful game, a meaningful game for all parties involved and the, the, the layers to the adversity that we faced and to overcome it. I think it's growth in that. Um, before I turn to Baltimore, I'll talk about some injury-related things. Um, Elandon Roberts will play day by day and see where it leads us in terms of his availability. Uh, same with Mika and Trenton uh, Thompson. Um, don't really know where we are right now. I'd be speculating. Um, we'll, we'll start first with partial participation on all three and, and check the quality of that participation, and maybe it increases or decreases based on what we see day to day, and we'll push through the week the way that we normally do. Um, TJ got hurt late in the game. Uh, hadn't seen him yet today. Um, don't anticipate it being a problem. Maybe it could be problematic at the front part of the week, but I don't know that it would jeopardize um, his participation. Now on to Baltimore. Um, they're a 13-3 and group. Um, they've been steamrolling people, to be quite honest with you. Um, the quality of Lamar Jackson's play has been exceptional. Um, he's done an awesome job, uh, not only of late, but throughout the season, um, just being at the controls of what they do offensively. The prudent use of mobility that he displays and the efficient use of mo mobility that he displays uh, is spectacular. He's their leading rusher, um, but he just does so in a really efficient manner. Um, he, he doesn't absorb a lot of punishment. Um, he knows how to play. Um, he's talented and experienced. Um, he's done a nice job of acclimating himself to his collection of eligibles. Zay Flowers obviously is a new um, target for him. and. I've seen that relationship grow since since game one, the first time we played him. Uh, that's a challenge. He's done an awesome job of adjusting to the to the absence of Mark Andrews, his draft mate, who has been a, a security blanket for him during their time in Baltimore. Um, what he's done with Likely uh, since the time that Andrews has been down has really been impressive. Four or five catches a game highlighted by the one-handed fourth down play uh, yesterday. Um, Odell Beckham 
you name it. He's done a nice job of spreading the ball around, Bateman utilizing everyone, uh, keeping you off balance with his unique talents, arm talents, leg talent. Um, they're doing a nice job of, of throwing a, a, a collection of backs at you. Uh, Guts Edwards has a definitive style. He's downhill. Um, you better hit and wrap and drive on him. Justice Hill is really good in the perimeter and on the perimeter. Um, and so they got a really nice, uh, organized, and thoughtful division of labor. Um, that, that's, that's a tough nut to crack and highly efficient as we, as we sit here today. They're ringing up points on a lot of people. On the defensive side of the ball, man, they're just really getting after people. It starts with, with that inside linebacker tandem, uh, Roquan and Patrick Queen. Um, they're, they're a tandem for all circumstances. They're good in the run game, whether it's downhill or on the perimeter. They're good in the passing game, whether it's coverage uh, or it's blitzers or rushers. Um, they're a catalyst for a lot that goes on with that group. They also have some other guys who are playing really well. Can't say enough about the play of Geno Stone. Uh, I think he's got seven interceptions. Uh, interceptions in a variety of ways. Middle of the field play, half field play, um, underneath defense. Um, he's really got a nose for the ball and it's showing. He's a guy that's developed over his time there and really taking advantage of an opportunity to get some, some play and extended play. Um, they move Hamilton down a lot in the sub package ball and, and bring him a lot. And so, man, they, they play a lot of three safeties football and they got three really good ones. Um, they're very good at blitzing secondary people. Kyle Hamilton is a really good established blitzer, um, disruptor. Uh, in the run game from a blitz perspective, uh, productive in the passing game from a blitz perspective. I think he's, you know, he's got multiple sacks. I think he's got 10 TFLs. Um, Arthur Millette is another little guy out of the secondary um, that they're very comfortable blitzing. He had a big t sack against us in the field goal fridge that kind of kicked us out of field goal range um, the first time we played him um, earlier in the year. And so, you know, they do a lot of things schematically on defense. Um, it's blood in the water when they get you one-dimensional. Uh, you get behind in the game and things of that nature. And so sometimes success breeds success like last week. Um, they got up on Miami, man, and it just, it just flowed. And so um, we, we, we better stay close. We better do a good job of, of making them earn it. We can't give up field-flipping plays or, or easy touchdown-like scores. We got to make them earn it. We got to keep the score down. Uh, we got to play tough. We got to tackle. Um, and obviously, we got to do some things on the defensive side to, to minimize Lamar Jackson and company. And so that's where we are. Um, it's chestnut checkers. They know us. We know them. Um, I think that's one of the things that makes this matchup entertaining from a fan's perspective. And so um, we're preparing with an edge for a lot of reasons, but first and foremost, uh, because it's must win for us. I'll pause and open it up for questions. Mike, do you, uh, what's Kenny's status? Do you anticipate him being available to practice this week and what's the plan to quarterback? Yeah, um, I, I think Kenny's availability is less in question this week. I anticipate him being available to practice. Uh, that being said, um, we're going to leave the ball in Mason Rudolph's hands. Um, he's done a good job and we've done a good job in the most uh, recent two weeks. Um, we've taken care of the ball. He's taken care of the ball. We scored points at a rate in which we hadn't done uh, to this point this year. Uh, and with the urgency of the moment and, and because of those reasons, we're going to leave the ball in his hands. But I say all those things uh, with the understanding that 
I know Kenny is very capable, and particularly as it pertains to this matchup, um, Kenny has led us to victory uh, late in the game the last two times we played Baltimore. And so we feel like we got two capable guys. Uh, we'll proceed into the week the same way that we did last week, but just knowing uh, that his availability is less in question. Was Kenny cleared to play by the medical folks for this past game? Yes. So is it your call to make him inactive? Yeah, that clarity didn't come until later in the week, and it was about the distribution of reps and who was best prepared and positioned to, to, to help us win, and so that's the direction that we went with. Why not just have him as the emergency guy in uniform? Because, again, the, the likelihood of that coupled with the risk in terms of what I didn't see for him, it would have been, been speculating, and I just, you know, not into speculating. Mike, uh, did, so with that, with that anticipation, you're anticipating him to not, to not be an activist? Again, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, but I anticipate his availability being less of an issue this week. We'll see where the week leads us. Mike, what is it about what Mason has done to lead that offensive production that we've seen? You know, um, you know he's done a nice job. Um, like I mentioned when we inserted him, um, he's got a great deal of confidence in himself, and it is real. Um, I think it's contagious. Um, he's aggressive uh, in style of play, um, and, and I think that's helpful, particularly when you're up against it. Um, the calculated risk-taking associated with the pursuit of victory is important, um, and he's displayed those things. But it's more than, than obviously what he has done. It's what um, we have done or that collective has done. We've run the ball extremely well over the last two weeks. Uh, we've been in manageable possession down circumstances. We've run the ball well in the red area, uh, particularly um, yesterday, uh, three rushing touchdowns, two and through the red area. Um, you know, you're not absorbing a lot of risk uh, when you're performing and performing in that way. And so um, it's just been a good trend for us. Um, our desire is to keep that trend rolling. Uh, we're going into a hostile environment versus a really good opponent, one that's extremely hot, obviously. And so uh, we better utilize all the mojo at our disposal in an effort to secure victory. When you make oh, like Mason Rudolph the best quarterback on your roster right now? You know, I hadn't analyzed it in that way. I'm just looking at where we are and what we need to do this week. That's probably more of a end-of-the-year type analysis, man, and we're on a short week, and we're trying to put together a formula to win this game. If you go into the playoffs, does he keep the ball? Um, let's, it depends on what happens this week. To be quite honest with you, man, we're more of a day-by-day, week-by-week outfit at this point. Um, hypotheticals and speculation is, is fruitless for us. Uh, we got so many tangible challenges and so much tangible work to do. We're just not wasting a lot of time speculating and things of that nature. We make a decision about who starts Saturday. How much in your mind do you factor in? Do you know that position and that decision with your franchise quarterback, the confidence of Kenny, the team's confidence in Kenny? Do you let that factor in and what that might mean going forward after this week? Or? I think you factor in all variables when you make decisions. Um, that's just a component of decision making. You know, um, I don't know that I would identify it as that. I think that's a component of his game uh, that he identified coming into the season that he desired to be better at and has worked in that regard. Um, it might be reflected more in the last few weeks, um, but I think a lot of things in a positive way can be reflected in the last few weeks based on uh, the result of our play. We'll see if John announces who's going to play and not play, but how do you prepare for a team when, you might not, when their situation might sit guys, you know, game plan-wise? You know, we prepare for what they're capable of. Um, we prepare for their best. And so that makes that 
conversation uh, less significant. We better be prepared to defend the best of them um, or, or stop the best of them. Um, and a component of what they do is schematics and is not necessarily people. And so we better be ready for the schematic component of what they do. Um, and so that's not a big deal for us, to be quite honest with you. Mike, you guys have been as, as successful against Lamar as anybody. Because we respect him, we respect his talents, we respect what he's capable of, and we work all week with that with that level of urgency and prep. Um, and so we better do similar things this week. Does having Miles give you guys a boost as far as communication and preparing for all the different things the Ravens like to do, and the fact that he's been part of your system and face the face them? Miles Jack. Yes, sir. Yeah, his his history with us has been an asset from a communication perspective, no doubt. But that was one of the reasons why we were really interested in acquiring him. Perspective. How's Kenny handle in this situation where he feels like he's good enough to play, he's healthy enough, but obviously he's not in there right now? Man, he is a competitor. Uh, he wants to football. He wants to play. But at the same time, uh, he's a team player. And so, um, you know, our agenda is winning football games right now. And so I imagine that's everyone's mindset. Mike, how's the relationship with Eddie and Sully working? I mean, obviously you've got production. And has this arrangement affected at all the way you guys approach that that job when you look for a full-time replacement in Really, man, we're just day-to-day and week-to-week. Um, they've done a nice job. Um, we got a big challenge ahead of us this week, and I don't know that any of us are looking beyond it from that perspective. Mike, uh, Mason's had a lot of success with George in the last couple weeks. How's he created that chemistry so fast and not as many game reps this year? We run the ball extremely well. When you run the ball well, you get single high, you get one-on-one matchups, and usually those one-on-one matchups breed opportunity. And so um, the source of that production is probably the effectiveness of the run game, to be quite honest with you. What do you attribute that, to, that effectiveness to with the, the accumulation of your run game, offensive line, and running backs? It's just been building over the course of the season. I think that arrow's been pointed up the entire time. Um, certainly. Like you, like you guys are in the air flying back from the West Coast and find out you have to have a short week. Um, What's your reaction to that? How does that impact you? We have no reaction. Um, you give us a date, a time, a game location, an opponent, we'll be there. Um, that's what we do. Um, there's a certain level of anticipation regarding it. Uh, I've been in the league a while. I kind of know how these things might unfold. Um, it's insignificant. Um, we'll be challenged at the front part of the week from a, from a coaching strategy standpoint. Um, it won't f- affect our physical prep in terms of it being a short week, but we're familiar with them. And so, you know, when they first start playing Thursday night games, it was oftentimes the second time you played a division opponent because that strategy component of the familiarity from a planning perspective um, is more fluid. And so um, that's probably our mindset and my mindset regarding this. Uh, it's a short week, but it's a highly familiar opponent. Uh, really, who is it being inconvenienced is the, are the coaches in terms of us squeezing the front part of the week and not the back part of the week. And so um, it would be no excuses in terms of how we perform on Saturday. Like in, a, in a weird way, is, it, is there a benefit to being first out of the gate and knowing that you don't have to watch the scoreboard? Because what happens? We do not care. We don't. How's Kenny? When you tell Kenny he's his role this week or even on Sunday, how is he reacting to that? Is he? I, I, I'm not getting into all of that. I'll let him speak for himself. You guys can ask him when he has availability later in the week. Mike, you mentioned Eric Rose productivity. I mean, Miles obviously had familiarity with the system. What's allowed him to, to dial in on a relatively short time? Eric Rowe? Yeah. 
He's a veteran guy. Um, he's been in been in some systems. He's been around. He's been in multiple teams and multiple schematic circumstances. Uh, and he's a sharp guy. And so usually under those circumstances, um, it's not learning what to do. It's just learning what to call it uh, or the translation of what he already knows. And so I'd imagine his learning process is probably quicker than than most. Mike, what have you seen out of Joey Porter Jr. Uh, twice he was, he was targeted in the key points in the late in the game and uh, both led to incompletions? Yeah, um, he doesn't run from the fight. He runs to the fight. Um, it's legitimate. Um, he always wants to be uh, in the big matchup and in the big moment. Uh, respect that about his approach. Uh, mindset has a lot to do with success. Um, and so he's trending and developing and growing in, in all the right ways and getting challenged, challenged in big moments and standing up against those challenges is just a component of his growth and maturation process and displaying the type of player uh, that he needs to be and wants to be and is becoming. Joey included, but also beyond him, how would you evaluate how all those rookies are proceeding in the plane in late December, early January, that so-called wall that guys can hit it? You know, I think, I think all the guys are trending in the right way, but... You know, we were kind of thoughtful and intentional about when we put them in the lineup and how they got in the lineup. Uh, none of those guys were opening day starters um, and that type of a deal. And so, you know, um, it's late in the season for all of us, but um, it's probably less mileage on those guys than some of the veteran guys. Um, Broderick, um, Benton, Joey, and spe specifically those three, um, we're five, six weeks into the season before they start having substantial roles, and I think that has put them in position to be trending in the direction that they're trending. The running game, the offensive line, or something these last couple of weeks, uh, specifically why it's been so good with the line? Sometimes it's just circumstantial. Was, you know, styles make fights. Um, we felt like we had a good, good matchup last week in terms of us being able to do the things that we desired to do. There were concerns about the environment. Uh, but we felt good about our plan and our ability to do the things that we desired to do. There's a lot of variables that kind of, you know, shape up the effectiveness or the challenge of, of running the football. And and sometimes it's less about you and sometimes a lot about the people that you play or in the environments that you play in as well. Mike, and Mason's, uh, Mason's been through a lot in his six years. It's been a eventful time for him. The way that he's approached it, professionally sort of and then getting this opportunity sort of unexpectedly and performing. Does that resonate throughout the locker room, do you think? I think that happens all the time in the National Football League. Um, attrition is very much a component of our game. Um, you know, this is not a patient man's business, but I always ask people to, to work while they wait for opportunity. And uh, he is just an example of that. Um, a guy that is prepared when opportunity presents itself and is stepping through a, an open door. Um, but, but that happens every week on every team, particularly at this portion of the season when the attrition component is what it is. Um, you know, we're talking about Eric Rowe and Miles Jack um, on the other side. Um, I just think that that's a component of the team. Uh, that's a component of the journey that is a season. Um, and that's why you're always working to develop any and everyone uh, because you never know when you got to call upon them. When you have a player like that, and it's not just Mason, any player that steps into that opportunity and has success, do you, as a coaching staff, do you guys sit around sometimes? How did we, how did we miss this? How did this guy naked on the field? There's a fine line between being a backup and a pro bowler in the National Football League. Um, they're all professionals. They're all really good at what they do. Um, and so 
what might seems like a large space from the outside looking in, all professional running backs uh, could run through this room and not get tackled by anyone. And so um, is, is that perspective of it. Um, they're all professionals. They're all capable. Um, I don't know that any of us are shocked when any of those professionals perform really well, particularly when prepared. Like with what's happened the last couple of weeks and what potentially could happen these next couple of weeks, has it or can it affect the organization's plan at quarterback going forward next season or anything? Again, uh, we focused on today and this week. Um, we can waste a lot of time this week speculating in those ways. How have you seen Mason's demeanor change from a young guy in 2019 getting thrown in there to somebody who didn't even know he'd be here this season? Um, his demeanor has always been pretty steady and the same, man. He's got a great deal of confidence in himself. Um, He's good with people. He's smart. He's engaging. He communicates well. Anyone else? Because you potentially sound like you have Pickett available, are you be more willing to make a switch in game because you have your, your starter in uniform if you do? Again, speculation. Like when you look at the Ravens, you saw them back in October. What's the biggest difference between then and this week now? I don't know that there is. Um, to be quite honest with you, they were like a 3-1 and one team when we saw them. Um, they were dangerous and capable in a lot of ways, offensively, defensively, special teams. Um, it looks very similar. Obviously, there's a bigger body of work um, or body of evidence, um, but it's, it's more of the same, to be quite honest with you. They're a really good football team. Anyone? All right. Thank you. Wow is what I have to say to all of this, Ron, because we have a hell of a story here. And the way I'm reading this, Kenny Pickett has been benched, not just if you didn't believe it for last week, if you're buying the idea, oh, the clearance came late in the week, he's certainly benched this week. And to me, that creates a baseline of sorts here, uh, a truth that Mike Tomlin now moves forward with, that he is absolutely willing to bench the franchise quarterback, the alleged franchise quarterback, the first-round pick, when that guy is available to play in the biggest games of the year. That has happened. Kenny Pickett is benched. Ah, that's my interpretation of it, too. He said there's not going to be any question about his availability this week, whether there was any last week or not. But he said we're leaving the ball in Mason's hands. And I don't think he has any choice, considering how well Mason has played uh, these last two weeks. But if you're Pickett, you're thinking to yourself, they drafted me to be number one. Uh, I was a starter for a long time, and now I'm number two, at least for this week. It, it, absolutely, that's the uh, my interpretation. And, the, well, part of the big story is what happened this past week. I mean, if you have a – credit to Brian Backo for the simply worded question, was he medically cleared to play picket? Yes. And then Tomlin said, you know, it happened later in the week. Okay. If you have a quarterback who's clearly your guy that you're waiting on pins and needles to see if he's available for a do-or-die game that's your franchise quarterback, you're waiting till Sunday morning. Forget about later in the week. I don't even know what later in the week means. Thursday? Friday? This guy was benched for this game. Because if you, if you have a guy that's clearly him, then then he's playing, Right. Well, I mean, his excuse was that he didn't get to work early in the week, that maybe Trubisky got more of the backup role, I guess. But, I mean, I don't think there's any question 
that right now he likes Mason Rudolph a whole lot more than he likes Kenny Pickett. How, will that translate into the offseason and next year? That remains to be seen, but I do think right now uh, Pickett has been beaten out by Mason Rudolph. Well, I'm wondering what happened to Pickett, Ron. If you're medically cleared and you're, you, you should be at least the number two guy, correct? Uh, you would think so. Unless, again, he felt like Trubisky gave him a better chance because of the work in the week. But he said that Pickett was cleared by later in the week. So they don't even do anything right, I, Monday I, or Tuesday, right? And then, Well, I think he's talking about maybe practice Wednesday, Thursday, and then see how Pickett came through on Friday. And they said, okay, he can go. And he said, well, I, I saw more of Mitch this week. That's why I'm going with him. I don't know. It, it strikes me as being odd, I would think. If he's my guy, I want him as my backup. They obviously chose a different path. Now I'll be real surprised this week if Pickett isn't the backup. Well, if he's my guy, I want him as the starter. Forget about the backup. And he he didn't even want him as the backup, which leads to the question of Kabali coming on the station today. Do we have this, uh, Nelly? Kabali with the Fan Morning Show saying he doesn't think this was 100% Mike Tomlin's decision. Which means, all right, you have a medically cleared starter. Your starter, your your alleged franchise quarterback, is medically cleared to play late in the week. Kabali's saying it wasn't necessarily he believes the coach's decision to deactivate him. Then whose was it? It it would have had to have the team owner, or whatever Art Rooney's title is. It would have had to have been Art Rooney the second or Kenny Pickett saying, I ain't backing up. That, that's the only two logical conclusions to what Kabali is saying here, if indeed it's true. Go ahead, Nelly. Well, let's put it this way, Adam. I'm skeptical of the, him not dressing yesterday. Uh, I might be the only, only way I could put it right now. I'm very, very highly skeptical that it was 100% Mike Tomlin's decision that Kenny Pickett did not dress yesterday. Okay, so whose decision would it have been then? Are you implying that Kenny Pickett didn't want to be a backup? Are you implying that Art Rooney II had his hands in the pile, that it was Omar Khan? See, if I would have, if I 100% known this, wouldn't you don't think it would be on the athletic website right now? Yeah, okay, so that's why I'm wondering what you're getting at then. Like, you don't well, think that it was all Mike skeptical. Tomlin's decision, then whose decision do you think it was? Well, let me pull back the curtain a little bit. Some things you know and some things you can write, and some things you know you can't write, and right now I can't write, so um, we could put it at that I'm just skeptical. Some things you know and can't write. What do you make of this, Ron? There's there's some some buzz around this idea that Pickett didn't want to be the number two guy, didn't want to didn't want to dress behind Rudolph. I don't have that as you know something reported. I certainly don't have that, and I hate even to go there because of the ramifications of what that could mean for Kenny in a huge game like that. So how do you read what Kabali said there? Uh, you know, maybe Pickett didn't want to be the backup, which I think is a horrible look for him. Uh, or, or maybe, you know, I know what he's going to say when he talks tomorrow probably. Well, I, 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 I'm not 100%. I didn't feel like I could defend myself. 
they asked me to be the backup, and I said, you know, I, I, I would probably hurt the team more than help it. I don't think he flat uh, – Tomlin went to him and said, listen, we're going to start Mason. You're going to be the backup. I don't think he's dumb enough to say, hey, I'm not backing up Mason Rudolph. Yeah, go to Trubisky. I don't want to do that. I don't think he'd say that. I think he'd fall on the, the sword of uh, I'm not quite ready yet, but now this week there's not going to be that ex- potential excuse because Tomlin said he was cleared late in the week, and now his participation won't be a question, but they're going to give the ball back to Mason. I'll be very curious to hear what Pickett says, because he sounded pretty adamant that he was ready to go last week. Am I misreading that? No, and he said it wasn't my call. It was the doctors and the coaches. But, uh, you know, sometimes these guys think they are ready to play, and maybe the doctors don't agree. But that won't be an issue this week at all. There will be no, you know, confusion about that. Tomlin said he's ready to go, but yet he's still going to be the backup. Well, it'll be a hell of a story if he's not the backup this week. I'll say that much. I mean, that would be the, the bottom line is he was cleared to play. He was medically cleared to play and didn't even dress. There's a story there. I don't know what the story is, but there is a story there. Yeah, and we'll see what Pickett says tomorrow. I think both he and Rudolph speak on Wednesday. Is today too? What's today? They'll speak tomorrow, Tuesday, because the game's Saturday. I can't even keep track of the days. Kabali just lit this fire, didn't he, Ron? Yeah, he did. He's the big boy. Not a hundred percent Tomlin's call. So who who then is involved? I mean, who whose call is it if it's not a hundred percent the head coach? And we leave out the medical people because the guy was medically cleared. So my question to Pickett would be, very simply, Kenny, you were medically cleared to play. You you were the starter. Why didn't you back up? Nelly, do you have something to say on this? Uh, observational thing when Tomlin was going through the list of injuries was Pickett mentioned no no he wasn't right off the top he mentioned was TJ and a few of the guys that missed yesterday yeah he mentioned the Landon Roberts Minka Trenton Thompson and TJ were the only guys at the top Um, and then he was asked about long-term ramifications and basically said you know that's all speculation blah 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 said that Kenny's a competitor wasn't happy. One thing very interesting, though, Ron, when he was a- asked about Kenny's reaction, Tomlin said, I'm not getting into all that. You guys can ask him about that. Well, he was asked earlier, and he said, well, he's a competitor. He wants to play. They all do. And I think he got a little tired of the pursuit of the question, and that's when he said, ask Kenny. And that's what Kenny will be asked tomorrow, and I can't wait to hear his answer. Yeah, the question, I guess, is, is Mike, it seems very odd that your franchise quarterback was medically cleared and wasn't even your backup. Not even a question. That's just a statement. Do you have any comment on that? Your, your starting quarterback, your franchise quarterback, was medically cleared and wasn't even your backup. So if Mason goes down, you're going to a guy who you clearly have lost all confidence in. So it would seem that you compromised your best chance to win going into that game by not dressing a healthy starter and by having a guy you have no belief in as your backup. What am I missing here, Ron? I don't know. I can't see what you're missing. Um, Again, all I can think of is if he said Trubisky got more work during the week and was more ready to go if uh, something would have happened to Mason. 
but he, then he said he was cleared by the end of the week. He, he, he put it all on practice reps, uh, and that, shouldn't, that won't be an issue this week. No, and if you had a quarterback that was clearly your guy, again, you take it till Sunday morning with no reps, and you say, if this was Ben or you know a, a clearly entrenched starter or star, you're waiting until the last possible second. Certainly if he's cleared on Thursday or Friday, then there's no question he's in. Very odd well, situation. you know, is it really odd, or do you think they may be coming to the conclusion that they have not liked what they've seen from Pickett and Mason may be a better quarterback? I'm Could not talking about – I'm not even talking about Mason and Pickett. Yeah, I think they might be. They might be. I'm talking about him not dressing as the backup. Not even being available okay. with, the, with the season on the line. That's what I'm talking about here. But, yeah, that's – that's very reasonable. And Tomlin, Tomlin didn't say when asked about the future. No, I mean we're you know we're playing Mason right now. Kenny's our guy. He was he's our franchise guy. He's saying everything but that. You know. He's just saying we're worried about winning this week, not the future. Let's talk about all of this coming up. What is the future of this position? I'm fascinated by it, as I'm sure all of you are at this point. It feels like I'm living in an alternate reality. That Mason Rudolph is the guy right now and is playing great. That's that's undeniable that he's playing great. He's playing better than any quarterback has played for the Steelers since Ben's second last season over the first 10 games. That was a long time ago. I don't need to tell you. And the guy who was drafted in the first round and a guy that Tomlin has gone to the mat for many, many times was declared healthy late in the week whatever that means, and didn't even dress as the backup? So you went with a guy that the head coach has less than zero faith in if Mason gets hurt? 412-928-9370, 928-9370. Listen, we could get into many conspiracy theories. Bottom line is, it, and this is not an opinion, this is a fact, Kenny Pickett's been benched in favor of Mason Rudolph. Let's just deal with that one. 928 9370. South Hills Kia fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia and Peters Township. Visit them at SouthHillsKia.net. Edgar Snyder and Associates fan text line, personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. You can listen to Cook and Joe every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's card of the week from the baseball card castle in Cranberry. Contests run every Wednesday through Friday at noon at the 937thefan.com contesting page. And, of course, uh, coming up here, we want to talk to you. It's Cook and Joe. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Well, you can't say it's boring as the Steelers go into the final weekend. You definitely can't say that, Ron. We're talking about Mason Rudolph. I can't believe this is happening. I, I still can't believe it. I feel like we're living in an alternate reality. You? Well, yeah, considering Mason's history here and what they have invested in Pickett, no, I can't believe it. But I'm going to give Mason all the credit in the world 
for taking advantage of the opportunity. Clearly, the teammates believe in him, and the production is there in the numbers. It's not like uh, it's not like we're saying Rudolph looks better than Pickett. Rudolph, the numbers say how much better he has been than Pickett. Yes, and people may point out, well, it was the Bengals who are in tatters on defense right now, and it was a bad Seattle defense, plus the running game was really the story yesterday, to which I would respond, the running game's been good at times each of these past two years, and they've played a number of opponents way worse than these two, and the quarterback play has not been near the level of what Mason has provided. I give Mason a ton of credit. And I'll, I'll be, again, first in line to say I was wrong, at least wrong that I didn't think he was capable even of these kinds of performances. Uh, not necessarily wrong yet that I don't think he's a franchise quarterback or the future, but I'm, I'm willing to give him a look now. You, you have to. But I was definitely wrong in that I did not think that Mason Rudolph was capable of back-to-back performances like that. I didn't. Well, I don't think they did either. I mean, clearly they didn't until it got to the point where Pickett gets hurt, Trubisky is bad, and they have no choice. Who are they going to go to? Uh, the kid from Penn State, Trace McSorley? They had no choice but to go to, to Rudolph, and he took advantage of it. Yeah, I'm not buying it. It was against weak competition because I don't consider Arizona or, or New England or some of the other teams they've lost to this year to be great teams either. Right, although I do think it's fair to point out that if I'm analyzing – Mason and his prospective future here, it was bad competition. I mean, Seattle's run defense has been the worst in the league now for for 11 straight games. But that doesn't mean that uh, I'm taking anything away from Mason relative to what the other quarterbacks have done. Because you're right. Look at what what, uh, Trubisky did against worse competition than that. And look at what Pickett has done. Mason's two games here are better probably better than any Pickett has played. I thought his two best games in a Steeler uniform were uh, Vegas this year and at Indy last year. And, and yeah, I actually think Mason's been better in these two games, not just statistically necessarily, but the way he looks in there, the way he's simply willing to stand in the pocket, keep his eyes downfield and, and make things happen from the pocket rather than fleeing in nonsensical patterns at the first sign of trouble. No, I mean, there's no, there's no doubt. I mean, it, it, it looks like he's running a different offense. He's throwing the ball deep. He's staying in the pocket. Um, it, it just uh, The eye test is, is overwhelmingly convincing that he has been the better quarterback. Chris Hoke. He's on with us every week. He's been Rudolph's biggest backer. Kabali's been one too, but there's been nobody as vocal as Hokie. And I think even people such as myself who vehemently disagreed with Hokie gave him credit for, for, for sticking by his opinion the whole time. The whole time he did. And yesterday he was on with uh, Pomp in the postgame on KDKA. And... They were talking about how has this happened? Like, what's the main reason? And Hokey said, everybody's dodging the question. Who's the spark? What's the spark? It's Mason Rudolph, he said. Nobody will say it. I'm not sure I agree with that now. I think people are saying it now. But uh, it's still worth Bob's follow-up, which was why. Why would nobody say it? 
And Hokie said, because Kenny's the number one draft pick. Kenny's the starter all year. There are relationships there. Nobody wants to put it out there, but the reality is Mason's come in here and doubled the point production. Do you think there are people over there, Ron, who don't want to say this because Kenny was the number one draft pick? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously Tomlin seemingly went to the wall to get Pickett, and he's going to be loath to give up on him. And I'm not saying he even has to give up on him yet, uh, but clearly I think they're all in the business of winning games, and if Rudolph keeps doing this, they'd be fools not to stay with him. Yeah, Kenny's been benched for really two weeks running here. This would be his second week benched. But one man with a strong opinion, Ben Roethlisberger, on his podcast, had this to say about the future of that position. What does that quarterback situation look like if we win out with Mason next year? I know Kenny's your draft pick. And I see. I mean, oh, they'll I, go back to they'll go back to Kenny. Well, that's well, that's my that's interesting to me because I I I think Kenny's a, a good quarterback. Yeah. I know people are are very like hot and cold with you know it's it's a week by week league, right? So, um, but is it become a competition or is this is this a I don't know what Mason's contract is or is this a let yeah, me get tape for another? It, it does. To be honest, like this this game is a business, right. and you drafted that guy in the first round. You can't. You know how you know how hard it is to say. And I'm not saying this. I'm, I'm uh, okay. I'm, I realize as I answer this question, I'm about to keep putting my words in here so that people don't take this the wrong way. They're going to anyway, man. I know. You know what it is. Um, you're gonna ha- the, you're gonna have to stick with him, even if you don't want to, mm. because you can't make quote unquote make that mistake of drafting him in the first round because that's what it looks like. If you don't play your guy, you want to do everything you can, even especially at quarterbacks, even at worse or more extreme or more mm-hmm. under the microscope. Like if you have a first or second round. Second round a little bit, but first round guy. Yeah, in almost any position, you you got to give him every opportunity because if you look like you like it's a bust and you didn't make the right sure. move, that looks really bad. Sure, you almost have to give him time to make that ROI positive. Be like, all right, let's. That's what I think. I mean, I mean, that's that's and, Kevin Colbert's last draft. I mean, yeah. that's the only thing that the reason that it, you could maybe because that GM's, move not, up, here that's, anymore, that GM's not here anymore. But you, you can't you but, can't just not go back to him. Yeah. Yes, you can. I would say yes, what he's what, what he's basically saying there is that the Steelers would go and and I'm interpreting his words correctly here. I know him and Spence are both paranoid that we're going to misinterpret his words. What he's saying there is you go back to Kenny no matter what to save face on your first round pick or to attempt to, right? Yeah, and I don't buy that. I I don't believe that for a second. You're in the business to win games. We see first-round quarterbacks flail uh, uh, out all the time. Not all the time, but a, a lot of the time. And you make a mistake, you move on, but you don't just keep trying to force it just to save face because then you keep on losing. And now maybe Pickett will turn out to be what they thought, but I'm not going b- back to him in, unless Mason fails here. But would they? Now, that's what, what, that's now, what Ben's whether, saying. Now, will, what, they, will Tomlin? Now, are they going to be able to sign him? Is he going to be back here next year? That's going to factor into it, too. Sure. But if he's here, listen, if this guy were to win a playoff game, how could you not at least have a wide-open competition? I understand what Ben's saying, by the way, and I'm not saying he's necessarily wrong. Mike Tomlin and, and Art may very well feel like 
hey, we drafted this guy in the first round. He's our guy. He goes into camp as the starter. We're going back to him. They may very well feel that way, Ron, right? I'm not saying they won't necessarily. But if Mason wins a playoff game, that makes that decision. Or if he just gets there and plays great. Or if he just plays great and they beat the Ravens and they don't get there, the decision becomes that much harder and maybe – may be very much complicated by how this last weekend went down. Because what Kabali seemed to be intimating there was that somebody other than Tomlin made the call to deactivate Pickett. And that, you can't help but go down the road of did Pickett not want to be the backup in the biggest game of the season? And if that were to be true, and I'm not saying it is, I have no evidence it's true. I'm listening to Kabali. If that were to be true, then people in that organization would have to be livid with Pickett, wouldn't they? I would think so. I would be livid with him if I was the head coach. Any other thoughts on what I said there? I think I made myself very clear. I agree with you totally. I would be pissed at him, too, if that's what he said. And I'm not agreeing with Ben that you can't admit you made a mistake at some point. Um, You know, whether it's now or going to camp, at least go to camp next year with a competition if Mason is still here. Do you think they would? Do you think Tomlin would legitimately open up that competition? If the season ends, like we're saying, we're speculating that Mason's going to play good against Baltimore. They may win. They're going to get into the playoffs. Maybe he'll play good again. And that's a lot to speculate on. I get that. But I think if if what we've seen in two games extends into three, four, five games, well, I don't know that you're going to get to the AFC championship game. What if they do? But, uh, what if they well, do? Then, I, then is it automatically Mason's think, job? Yeah, yeah, I would think it is. You've got to find a way to sign him. Absolutely, I would think that. I mean, this is getting crazy here. I think they're going to get in. They beat Baltimore. Their chance goes up to 70%. All they need is C.J. Beathard to lose or the Bills to lose in in Miami. And there's even a third scenario where the Steelers lose where they could viably get in. According to the team website, they would need C.J. Beathard to lose and the Broncos to beat the Raiders and and the Jags and Colts not to be in a tie. All three of those are very possible. And then you look at this AFC playoff field, Ron, and, and Baltimore's been unbelievable. But I think if you ask the Ravens, one team they would be very, very leery of is the Steelers, who have beaten them six of seven, I believe, if not seven of eight, who have played great against Lamar. I'm having crazy thoughts here, Ron. Yeah, I mean, I don't know that the Ravens would want to play the Steelers in a playoff game just for the reasons that you said. Now, I mean, I mean the way Lamar is playing and their defense is so good, I mean, I would think – the Ravens at home would be a significant uh, favorite. But, uh, no, I can't imagine them wanting to play them because they've known each other for so long, and the Steelers have found ways to beat them. Well, let's let's go over some of these scenarios next, and let's talk about whether we believe that the Steelers are actually going to make it in. Are the Ravens going to play Lamar? Are they going to play anybody in this game? Let's talk about that next. I mean, I think Harbaugh said you can only sit six. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I mean, you got to some of your starters got to play, but I'm talking about guys like 
Lamar and Roquan Smith and you right. know, the stars of the stars. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, their offensive line pretty much is going to have to play. I mean, there's only so many guys, but I think when we talk about sitting your regulars, we're talking about sitting the stars. Well, let's talk about those scenarios coming up and let's hear specifically what Mike Tomlin said about Kenny's availability from this past week, his availability moving forward, how he reacted to the news that uh, he was benched, (laughs) how he reacted to the news that he was benched for the game yesterday, because that's what happened. You're medically cleared to play and you're the guy and you don't play you have, by definition, been benched. We'll talk about all of that coming up on Cook and Joe. Sun Chevy, 23 Silverado 1500s, up to 7500 in rebates. SunChevy.com, cloudy throughout the day, high of 38, some chance of flurries. Uh, Ron, I believe, has a Geico ad. Is that correct, Ron? Already did it. I've already done that, Joe. Congratulations. He did it earlier. It says 1251, doesn't it? Yes. But Ron is on. Ron is he's well, on it. He's on his game. Considering he's on it's it. considering cons, considering it's at one o'clock now, I guess I really wasn't that early. Or you could say you were earlier. Here we go. <laughs> this is unbelievable. I'm getting ripped here. What's your name again? Uh whatever Nelly. you want it to yeah, be. Yeah, Nelly. It's uh, Charles Schwab is doing the show today. You missed the 50. You said you weren't going to miss one. AKA Nelly. Of course I'm not going to miss it. It is South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Fiat. Brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Route 19 in Peters Township celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.